Marketing Podcast. My name is David Rowlands. I'm the head of content at B2B Marketing. And I'm joined today by Adam Sharp, who is the CEO and co-founder of Clever Touch Marketing. So Adam, thank you very much. Um, before we begin, can you please just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about Clever Touch Marketing? Yeah, sure. Hi, hi David, and, and thanks for the opportunity. Um, uh, yeah, my, so um, my background is um, B2B Marketing on, on, you know, mainly tech firms for the last 20 odd years. And um, Maybe I was scarred sort of quite early on in my career, but someone once said to me, um, don't worry, Adam. Um, I think they took a bit of a soft spot to me and sort of said, don't worry, Adam, if you do a good job, one day you might get promoted into sales. And so that sort of scarred me or shaped me, probably one, probably a bit of both. Um, uh, to Because I thought, oh, hold on, no, it shouldn't be that world. And maybe it was. Uh, and I was determined to you know, champion marketing. And so um, after sort of, let's say, 20 odd years of, of working in, in uh, VC backed startups and and some big tech firms. I, I set up um, Clever Touch. So 13 years ago, we were the first Martech company to be created purely with Martech, uh, primary MA in mind. Um, we um, we introduced Pardot over here in Europe when they were a team of 20. Act on. Uh, we were one of Eloqua's largest partners. We were Marketo's first international partner of the year. So we've worked with about 500 companies now. Uh, we do consulting, we provide some of our own SaaS. Um, and the thing I'm sort of most proud of is we're Sunday Times best company to work for uh, for the last three years. So uh, that's us. Yeah, I mean, that's quite a, uh, you know, best company to work for. You can't really, you can't really uh, say a bad word about that, can you? Um, so recently, of course, you hosted an event at the NED in London, which for anyone who doesn't know is a, a really, oh, it's a brilliant venue. I think it's an old bank, actually. It's really nice. Um, and it was Midland it was Bank. Something. That's right, David. Yeah, it was yeah, the old Midland Bank. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. And we were in the the tapestry room, which I think had the oldest the oldest tapestry in in Western Europe. I think I, I believe that was correct. Okay, um, well, big, I didn't know that. Bigger than the one in the the one in France, that, uh, the, the French uh, market the hell out. Yeah. Um, well, don't quote me on it, but that's what I heard anyway. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah, no. The main reason we were there, obviously, was actually to discuss the, the results of your latest report, which is called "The State of Martech 2022," um, and that was created in partnership with the University of Southampton Business School. So, before we get into the, the results of that report, perhaps you could just share us uh, share with us what questions you were looking to answer in this report in the first place. Yeah. Sure. Well, um, this is the um, third year we've, we've done the State of Martech, so obviously we're looking for um, changes and, and movement and dynamics and so forth. Uh, this year, um, we partnered with the, the, the Southampton University Business School, They're a Russell group, They're pretty well respected, um, top 100. And um, what we wanted to do really was, was um, if you like, provide that level of objectivity uh, and, and, and also reliability in the results as well. So they did the, if you like, the, the design and the sample frame and so forth. And there was a number of things we wanted to do. You know, as we're coming out of COVID, we wanted to look at the, the, the rate of investment um, in marketing in general, as well as in MarTech. We wanted to look at, to see if there are any regional differences as well. So the sample frame was, was uh, stratified to have at least 200, um, um, an audience of at least 200 from the UK, over 200 from North America, and also 200 from the rest of Europe as well. And, and to be if you like, qualified, everyone had to be a user of a, a marketing cloud or marketing automation at the very um, um, basic level, if you like, or, or sort of a, a first point of qualification so that we weren't 
you know, the, the audience was, was if you like, um, reliable and, and validated as well. And, um, you know, we wanted to look at the, the balance between tech and, and skills. Um, we, we sort of, we had a theory, which is this, that, you know, there's a lot being spent on tech. You know, Gartner came out with this, this metric a couple of years ago to sort of suggest that there's more spent on tech than there is on marketing people. And we wanted to sort of see if that was still continuing and, whether people were actually or CMOs were starting to build out their organizational development and skills and uh, really investing in those uh, areas as well. And, and the reason we want to do that really is, you know, as we've sort of spoken about uh, in the past there, David, is that, you know, what's the organization, what's the shape of employment going to be like in the future coming out of COVID and with all this great resignation stuff going on and, some of the inflation concerns at the moment as well. So they, they were sort of the, the three main areas. Okay, great. So some big questions uh, to answer. Um, and, and with that in mind, what would you say that the key findings from the report? Well, um, we've got um, we've got a full fat, fat version of the of the, the report. We are a thinner version, which um, if anyone wants to email me on a sharp at clever hyphen touch, then we'll happily um, I'll send that over as well. But um, I, I'll share. In that report, we came up with about eight observations. I'll, I'll share three um, key ones with with the audience and you at the moment, if I, if I can. Um, the first thing in general is that budgets, marketing budgets, are on the rise, which is good news after after lockdown. And um, I guess probably budgets needed to rise anyway, just to sort of maintain parity with with inflation. Um, but specifically within that, um, the rate to spend on on martech and technology is is accelerating, um, despite the report suggesting that marketeers are overwhelmed or feeling the burden and the stress of, um, of all this MarTech. Um, and it's, there was a term that the university came up with, this concept of nextopia, the idea that um, people are always looking for the next shiny object or the new improved. Um, uh, but um, yeah, they, we, we, we seem to be adopting a lot without necessarily implementing it properly. Um, and then the third, um, one of the third observations was, um, again, a term the university um, came up with, with with us, is this idea of bench marketing. What was interesting is that marketers more and more are very keen on um, benchmarking their, their performance, their level of uh, deployment, their, 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 their successes, if you like, and also their learnings with their peers. Um, so, that's, so that was important. So there's a lot more... Um, uh, intercompany comparison, and then also um, uh, the, the finding was that uh, we found that uh, from the research that marketers see the implementation of technology as a great way to showcase or prove their their, their return on investment, their MROI. Okay, fantastic. So one figure from the report that I thought was particularly striking, um, and it and it relates to something you just said, I think really is that forty percent of Martech is going unused. But do you think, though, that that unused technology is sort of old legacy tech, which is not part of modern, uh, modern marketers' strategy anyway, and which is effectively just sitting on the shelf? Um, uh, or do you think it's actually really useful modern technology, which is going unused just because no one knows how to use it? I, I would, you know, I'd love to say it's old technology, but, uh, you know, you've got to remember, you know, we, we, we often, you know, a lot of people refer to the chief martech, you know, with all their vendor landscape. It was only 10 years ago that there were sort of 150 vendors in this space, and uh, most of them were, were sort of web analytics type tools as well. So 
I would say the vast majority have probably been deployed in the last three to four years. So um, there's a huge amount of redundancy and waste everywhere. Um, and it, it seems to us that um, MarTech is almost like the new arms race. You know, a few years ago, we were talking about big data and AI. And it, uh, it strikes me as weird that, um, that people can win awards based on the complexity of the, the, uh, the design that they build. Um, and, and we see it everywhere that there's, there's so much complexity and, and duplication. I'll give you a couple of examples. You know, one of our clients, um, they had um, 30 different implementations of, of both email and marketing automation platforms and marketing cloud in Europe alone. Um, lots of redundancy, lots of duplication, no coherent strategy. A bank we were working with uh, wanted to deploy um, Oracle for the, uh, for the first time. And um, they, they went away and subsequently found out there, there were eight instances of, of Oracle's Eloquel already in, in situ. Um, and it's not just on the marketing side as well, on the sales side. Um, we've been working with a CRO recently talking about sales enablement, which is, which is you know, uh, you know, a fairly new frontier and very exciting. And, and then he subsequently found out that the company already had it but it wasn't being used as well. So um, yeah, I'd love to say it's legacy systems, but, but, but it's not, it's, 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 it's redundancy and waste. Um, so people shouldn't feel bad. It's just often they, they inherit stuff or, or people leave the company and, and they're left with the systems. Um, it's just, just the way it is. Mm. Okay, so with that in mind then, how do you think that marketers can continue to build or refine their stack? Um, without just accumulating more and more redundant tech or, or at least tech they don't know how to use? Uh, yeah, well, um, see, I guess um, in the past we've, we've sort of been, um, say, uh, you know, the chief Martech, Martech landscape. I know it's a, it's a slide doll which he'd invented himself. Um, and I, I know yesterday they had their chief Martech day and um, they announced that um, there's now... Um, 9,932 vendors operating in this space and, uh, and they have their stackies awards and so forth. And, and I, I just, uh, I, I see that slide so often and I sort of say, well, actually, look, it's a big bibliography. Actually, it's the point now you can't really read it, but is that really helpful? It's not a strategy, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a reference set, you know? Um, and, and so one thing we talk a lot about is, is you know, don't reference the stack. Don't build overly complex stacks. Focus instead on building um, a simple, what we call spine. And this, the idea of the spine is that there's probably six or seven platforms out there that are more important than other technologies. And they're the ones you should focus on. Um, build, build those, put those in place, and then add a few systems based on your industry or um, based on your priorities that they can be nuanced. But um, it's much better to have a, a simple stack with a complex integration than a complex stack and a really simple or no integration at all. Yeah, and, and on the point of complexity, um, in your report, it said that three quarters of marketers admitted to not having the technical ability to actually achieve their digital ambitions. So where do you think that gap in knowledge stems from, do you think? I, I think, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. I, I think, um, I think, to be honest, I think it's probably the, the Martech industry itself. I mean, it's 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 huge. We've said that, but they've they've done a great job at um, at um, 
uh, demoing and, and, and selling the art of the possible. And so there's been a real emphasis, rover emphasis on, on the technology acquisition. What's interesting is that those companies that are coming around to reviewing or refreshing, and that's another uh, interesting stat, by the way, around about 30% of, of uh, CMOs are looking to refresh or replace their, 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 their core MarTech at any one point. And so in the past, people have acquired it, and the emphasis has been on the, 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 the messaging from the vendors and the technologies, and, and you know, everyone says their systems are easy to use. But there's been an underinvestment or underfocus on um, on skills development and on um, deploying this stuff properly. So, you know, if I, I guess what I'm sort of saying is that the, the CMOs, marketing leaders, they need to, you know, spend really as much time or hopefully as much budget on their skills development as they do on their their technology acquisition. Um, and and it, again, it's just looking at it differently. You know, we we tend to the awards. Um, programs around this stuff, they tend to focus on campaign successes where I I sort of think that's the wrong metric. You know, if I was a marketing leader, I'd be, you know, here, there's an idea for you guys. I think you should be having an award around uh, MarTech utilization or MarTech satisfaction because that is almost a a, a better or truer adopter. Um, Yeah, no, that's... Sorry, yeah, no, that's, that's a great idea. I was just scribbling a note down <laughs> for, for our own awards. For it. I mean, what do you think that looks like, Martech satisfaction in, in a business? I mean, how, can you measure that or I don't know? Well, well, well yeah, so, so the, the problem is, and, and we see with a lot of clients, is that they, they, they give people a lot of access to these tools. And it's like, well, again, they've got their day jobs to do. And so you're adding to the burden of their, their, their jobs. And um, in some instances, you know, Martech was on the, the periphery of marketing and so you'd hire one or two people and they'd sit over there and maybe there's an, an ops area um, uh, that, you know, that, that sort of gets involved in this stuff. Well, well guess what? Martech has now become mainstream. It's, it's no longer on the periphery. It's no longer just Martech. It is marketing. And so I think, I think CMOs have got to, you know, just in, in, the, whereas in the past, we have an organisation maybe focused around products we had all, all looking at um, at Marcoms and, and events and so forth. Um, organizations are becoming, or departments are becoming a little bit more differentiated now as well. So, you know, there is the rise of the, the, the sales and marketing ops function, um, which makes perfect sense because, you know, process is the only way you can scale without relying on individual heroics. But um, increasingly, data management is um, becoming massively important as well and so there's new functions and new capabilities needing to be added all the time and I guess what I'm saying is that you can't just overlay more burden onto your existing teams you need to you need to build out that differentiation of skills Uh, but um you know we've got um we've got clients now that um that that literally are tracking the, the numbers of users of the platforms and they don't have to be experts you know you can have a, a central team that provide the guidance but but um you know how do you help people deploy um successfully well you can give them simplification tools that um I, I ironically can help them do their job without adding to the stress mm. okay so with that in mind then um how do you think marketers can close that knowledge gap and ensure they actually have the technical ability to to achieve their, their digital goals. Yeah, sure. Well, um, 
first thing is, is it comes from the leadership structure, follow strategy. So if, if MarTech is now mainstream to your marketing, you need to build that capability in rather than just overlaying it into someone's job. Um, and then there are there are accredited training courses. You know, we we run them. Other companies, competitors to us, run these these training programs as well. Um, and as I say, I, I think it's really important that um, that that there is a budget focused around qualified training. It, it sort of always amazes me. There's quite a lot of consultants in this space that don't actually use the technology themselves or aren't even accredited. So whether you're using Salesforce or some of their platforms or, or Adobe or Oracle, you know, you, you can get external um, accreditation. And, um, you know, just as you can get your SIM awards and do your B2B marketing courses through you guys as well, um, having that, that, that certification is, is, is really important. And uh, again, I, I think all the CMOs need to encourage people to develop those skills just in the just in the, as in the way they used to and encourage them to get their sim qualifications and their IDM and so forth. Um, yeah. And then as I say, I, I think CMOs now need to be thinking about rolling out adoption metrics, which are and satisfaction, use the satisfaction metrics. They're as important as any campaign metrics. Yeah. What do you think those user satisfaction metrics look like? Do you think they are, is it an employee survey? Is it yeah, absolutely. Is it data? I don't know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, that's exactly it. You know, how easy is it to use the, the, the tools? How easy is it to turn stuff around? Because if you've got a, a central ops team, well, if they're providing governance as well as guidance, then you're going to slow the turnaround around. And so there could be satisfaction issues. If you're able to help organizations uh, empower individual users in the geographies and the regions um, by giving them the simplification tools I was, I was talking about, then guess what? That speed, that time to marketing, that time to campaign will go, go up and their satisfaction will go up as well. And they, they don't have to become expert users of the platforms. You know? um, that, that's, that's what I'd be thinking about as well. So again, I guess what I'm saying is CMOs, marketing leaders, Divert some of your budget to marketing um, skills development and 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 on that side of the the, um, the equation, and and balance that investment in martech with 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 people skills. Yeah, and on the uh, the point of training, as you mentioned, um, we do offer our own training courses at B two B Marketing. Um, so I won't rattle on about that for too long. But um, if you do want to learn more about our training courses, um, just head to the link that we'll put in the description. Um, moving on though, and just talking about your your report a bit more, um, one of the key takeaways that I saw was that despite this excess of unused technology, Marxists are still buying more and more and more and more of it. Um, and as you called, as you said, I think you called it Nextopia. Um, yeah. So, why do you think that is? Um, well, I mean, the great thing about marketing, one of the reasons I, I went into it was because, you know, part of your role is to, to, you know, look at new innovations, to be competitive, to see what's going on in the marketplace as well. So, so they're probably investing in, in, in newer stuff because it might be agile, it might address a, a new area that you hadn't considered. I mentioned things like um, sales enablement, which is getting massive adoption at the moment. A few years ago, it was things like Bombora and all this intent marketing, all this intent data as well. So there is always stuff coming along and it's important that, that, that we stay relevant and competitive as well. But part of it is because um, a lot of these tools um, uh, and technologies are, are low cost. And so they're quite easy, they're cloud-based, they're quite easy to implement. And, and you can do it out of the marketing budget. And um, 
and uh, and they probably sometimes solve short-term issues, but very easy. They they can um, um, proliferate, and and you know one of the things we we see a lot of. You know, again, I talk about that Martech landscape. You've got sometimes features masquerading as products and products masquerading as platforms. And so I think it's really important that people sort of almost come back, look at the spine, six or seven technologies, and look to integrate those first. The, the other thing to, to consider as well is that 70% of SaaS businesses don't make it to a million dollars um, in annual recurring revenue. So if it's good to look at new stuff, but... Um, You've also got to recognise that it can be quite risky as well. So, uh, you know, you don't want your system dying on you if your data is hosted somewhere else as well. So, so people need, I think, just need to be a little bit more prudent and, and mature in their buying as well. And that's where, frankly, the IT function I think can help as well. They're 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 more considered. They're um, well, they're more sorry, more experienced in buying this stuff as well. So, um, rather than than being an enemy to marketing, I think they can actually help them as well. Yeah, and just you know, on the point of the IT department helping in the, the buying, do you think that the role of a marketing operations department, or maybe just a, an individual, do you think that's something that will become more important as well as marketers try and refine their stack? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember many years ago, I you know I worked at IBM. The, op- the role of the operations, they were like the military police. You know, you cross the street to avoid them. Um, whereas now it, it's become really, really central, um, and um, um, you know, and, and marketing operations, if you like, well, sales operations came around first. You know, they were the glue. Um, and then marketing operations has is, is, um, really seen a lot of investment and growth, particularly actually in North American organizations. But it is definitely picking up here as well. And I think it's a good thing because um, these are the people that are almost um, internal business consultants. They, they champion these technologies. They understand them. And again, they, they drive adoption and data management and and um, all, all, all the messy stuff that, um, that that needs to support a business to be successful. So massive growth area. And, um, you know, I would actually say that in a lot of organizations, if it does exist today, absolutely look to look to invest in it. Yeah. And in terms of from the from a tech vendor point of view, do you think marketing operations is that the growth of marketing operations could actually be a bit of a bad omen for them. Because I can imagine if you've got a marketing operations department, they might say, we need to slimline, we need to really focus and align everything. Or do, you, or do you think it's a good thing for vendors? Well, I, I think in general, it's, it's a good thing uh, because they, they know how to manage the technology. They address some of the data issues as well and, and so on and so on. Um, and they can provide that that consultancy guidance element. Let's say it's you want guidance and and in, an improvement. What you don't necessarily want is a governance from them sort of holding the key, if you like, and, and not letting anyone have access to it. So, so it's a bit of a mindset. But um, <laughs> I mean, weirdly, you know, we're a small organisation here. Um, we're about to invest in our own marketing ops internal team, and we're only a team of eighty-five, right? Um, because one, because a lot of our clients are setting up that way, but two, inherently it's the right thing to do. You've, you can't rely on individual heroics. You need some process and structure um, and, 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 and guidance to the rest of the organization. So um, yeah, as I say, I think any organization you know, that hasn't invested in the moment um, absolutely should be looking at it. 
Okay, fantastic. And we'll just uh, go through one final question um, and then we'll conclude today's episode. Um, you know, one thing that came up time and time and time again at our own tech conference, which happened in March this year, Martechopia, um, no guesses, uh, no prizes, sorry, for what that was, that conference was focused on. Um, but it was this notion that marketers are focusing heavily on integrating existing platforms. So as platforms become easier to integrate, do you think that marketers' jobs will become easier in that sense because they can focus on the creative side of things? Or alternatively, will they just be overwhelmed with you know, more and more data that they just won't know where to start? Yeah, it's interesting, then, David, that you, you found that observation as well. We, we saw that as well in our own research as well. Um, the, the integration, the need for integration, and the desire to have integrated systems, uh, so you know, data management, data architecture, can flow around a, a business is, is great. It's a good thing. So, so we saw that as a real positive takeaway um, from, from the market as well. And, and ultimately, yeah, if this stuff is, is architectured properly and integrated, then guess what? You, you, you can get on with your day job, you know, or, or you haven't got multiple versions of the truth. You know, one of the reasons people invested in this stuff was to get away from all the spreadsheet jockeying that we used to do. And ironically, what happened was the technologies were put in place, but still people were, were managing and, and jockeying spreadsheets. So we didn't replace them. We just moved them or added to them. Um, but um, with the move to, to more integration, we, we're definitely seeing some smarter, better reporting as well. And I think it goes back to that need for that, that full funnel or, or that full customer review and the ability to showcase and prove the ROI as well. So, um, yeah, we, we think it's a good thing. Um, going back to will it create, or to your point about will it create more time and more creativity? Um, what I think will happen in the future. You know, we used to talk about left brain, right brain stuff. You know, your core marketing function was based around you. Maybe, you know, you'd have a, a brand, a product, a mark on teams, you know, all, all separate. I just think the will in the future, um, you'll still have those creative elements. I just think you'll have more departmental differentiation. So people will be adding MarTech teams to their orgs. They will be adding a marketing ops team. They'll be adding data management capabilities and functions um, not just to do dashboarding, but to do true data management with things like CDP as well. So um, what I think it means is that, is that marketers will have more choice. If you want to be creative, stay on the brand agency, mark on side. But equally, if you've got a slightly more uh, process structured left brain thinking, there will be a lot more opportunity around data management ops and, and MarTech specifically as well in the organization of the future. Adam, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, I think that's all about, about all we've got time for on the B2B Marketing Podcast. So just note to our audience, um, if you want to know more about the report or um, our own training courses, which I mentioned, we'll have links in the description. Um, and that's all from us today. So Adam, thank you very much. Great. Cheers, David. Love you talking to you. Bye-bye.